Locked on Cardinals 2.0 is here. I'm going to tell you what the future of this podcast will look like, plus in more of the short term. What are the Arizona Cardinals going to do with their wide receiver position? Plus, it's a mock draft Monday, baby. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by Bet Online. Today's episode is encompassing Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So today's podcast is going to be a little different. In the second segment, we're going to talk about why I think that the Arizona Cardinals need to sign Julio Jones and A.J. Green. Temper your vitriol. Temper your uh, lack of excitement. Hear me out. Third segment, Mock Draft Monday. I've got some new names on my list, and it's 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 going to open up some conversations that we haven't necessarily had on this podcast to date. But first, I kind of – I feel like I've done everybody a little bit of a disservice. And for those that have been listening since day one, thank you. For you who've been listening since yesterday, thank you. The point of this is for me to reintroduce myself. Those may just see me on Twitter and, you know, have me be a, a hot take guy or a guy that is negative at times about this team, whether it be Steve Kimecliff Kingsbury, the performance on the field. That may be a byproduct of my foundation, but that in no way is me. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself, reintroduce myself to you, and then you'll have a full grasp of who is talking to you Monday through Friday on Lockdown Cardinals. I graduated college in 2009. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was working 75 hours a week, and I hated it. Had a mutual friend who asked me what I wanted to do with my life. I said I wanted to be in sports radio. He said, cool. I may know somebody that can help you with that. He introduced me after I moved out to Arizona on a whim for a chance to have something to do with sports radio, a, a, an entity that only I knew from listening to terrestrial radio at the time. He introduced me to the late and supremely great Kwame Lasseter. Kwame Lasseter, former Arizona Cardinal, gave me a chance on this internet radio show that he hosted. And I ended up being on that show for a few years, built a relationship with Kwame. He taught me about football. Like I knew about football, but he taught me about football. I then moved on to NBC Sports Radio and then pivoted into iHeartRadio where I was a part of Fox Sports Radio 910 here in Phoenix for a few years. I saw... A job opening for an internship in Utah to work with David Locke, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and obviously the founder of Locked On. I emailed him like, hey, I'm interested. Because at that point, I realized that doors open when you apply for things, everything, anything, talk to anybody. 
he told me um, this wasn't a good fit for me after looking at my resume. He said, but I'm starting this or I've started this podcast platform and there's an opening for the Arizona Cardinals. Would you like the hosting job? I said, absolutely. I knew nothing about podcasts. I knew nothing. Uh, you know, I knew some about the Cardinals. I mean, I'd covered them for six or seven years, but hosting a daily podcast about one team is something that was foreign to me, regardless of my eight or nine years history in radio at that point. And I've showed up every day and I've talked about the Arizona Cardinals since the 2017 season. I brought on one of my close friends, Bro Brock, to join me in 2018. And Bo has moved on to a different opportunity now. This is the first show without him since the end of the 2017 season. But I wanted to reintroduce myself because I wanted you to know who I am, what I've done, and what I want to continue to do to make this one of the best podcasts you listen to. I do not sugarcoat things, but that doesn't mean that I say things negatively on purpose. I say things that I believe are true. I do not tweet things for clicks. I do not tweet things because I think it would, you know, start a riot on Twitter like, oh yeah, let's have a conversation today. I'm going to say something I don't mean. No. Everything that I say, I mean. Everything that I say, I think about. And everything that I say, regardless of whether we agree or not, is from the soul of me. Now that sounds cheesy. It sounds after school specially, but for better or worse, I say what I think and I hope that, you know, you listen, you enjoy what you hear. Okay. I will be very available via Twitter. DM me whenever you want. Reach out to me on Twitter whenever you want. YouTube with the comments. I'll be commenting back. I am here to make this podcast the best I possibly can. And that is my promise to you. I also promise you that uh, the Arizona Cardinals need to do something with their wide receiver room yesterday. I've got an idea and it's a little rudimentary. It's a little outside the normal bounds of how to build a wide receiver room, but it just happens to include two of the best receivers we've seen in the last 10 years. All that and more next, Locked on Cardinals. First, Bilt Bar. Consistent as gravity. And death taxes Bilt Bar taste good. It's true. They're all chocolate covered. They taste like candy bars. They don't have 40 grams of sugar. They don't have three or 400 calories. They also are high fiber and high protein, unlike candy bars. So we've talked about Bilt Bar here for a long time. Um... I buy built bars. I enjoy them. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. That's the average. And the flavors are abound mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies, and cream. My favorite seasonal one is orange. We've I've talked about this forever. It doesn't make any sense and it tastes good, but it's my favorite tenfold. I'm even starting to enjoy the coconut ones. The puffs specifically, the protein infused marshmallow that are chocolate covered. They've got a whole bunch of protein, man. And they taste just like a candy bar. True story. They're like six bites. So you don't have to, you know, eat a whale to have their your 19 grams of protein in the morning. Go to built.com, write locked 15 in the promo code. You get 15% off at built.com. Again, go to built.com, use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built. 
Com. All right, Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you for being a part of what has been built to this point and what will continue to be built from here on out. This is going to be fun. This offseason has so many what-the-hell-are-going-to-happen moments, so many should-this-have-happened-already moments, and so many I have no idea if this is going to work out moments. I feel like that encapsulates people's thought processes two weeks into free agency and the Arizona Cardinals haven't done a whole lot. The wide receiver room, one of the biggest gaps on this roster, even though for my money, DeAndre Hopkins is a top two, top three receiver in the league. The numbers last year obviously were down because he was injured for half the season, but his impact on the field supersedes numbers, but he needs help. Rondell Moore, second year pick, a second round pick, was out for the majority of the second half of last season. Wasn't a real factor for the other part. He had a great game against Minnesota, and then he had what I call the Jarvis Landry line, 11 catches for 60-plus yards and another. They need to figure out how to use him. I don't think they've done that yet. What I think will help is bringing in both Julio Jones and retaining A.J. Green's services. Now, listen to what I'm saying before you want to throw a ratchet at me. Hatchet? Throw a hatchet at me? I don't something Whatever. Just before you want to throw something at me. First of all, very team-friendly, money-wise. It's going to be very team-friendly. Now, you can thank Ryan Tannehill for part of that. You can thank Derek Henry for part of that. You can thank... I mean, you ever, no, don't want anybody ever to get injured, but what Julio Jones went through injury-wise last year could benefit the Cardinals regarding how much he would be signing for if he were to sign for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, would he wear number 11? Probably not. He'd probably wear Chase Edmonds' number. That is now vacated. Number two, A.J. Green. This has been an interesting conversation Twitter-wise. And in the comments we have and, and the people I've talked to, he didn't have that bad of a year. Sure. Was he triple goose-egged against the Rams? Yeah. When he's the, supposed to be the number one wide receiver at his advanced age, that's a recipe for failure. Nobody expected him to come in and be the wide receiver one. When DeAndre Hopkins went down, and he hasn't missed that much time in his career ever, it kind of threw everything for a loop, okay? Especially when he and Christian Kirk were not able to step up to the challenge. Now, when DeAndre Hopkins was on the field, A.J. Green played well as a wide receiver two. Wide receiver three, fringe wide receiver two. That was also with James Conner toting the rock a lot. James Conner was the most important offensive player the Arizona Cardinals had last year, not named Kyler Murray and sure, Rodney Hudson, okay, but skill position players. When A.J. Green is a piece of an offense, I still think he can definitely put up numbers, six, 700 yards, four or five touchdowns. You can't teach 6-4. And you can't teach him being a safety valve for Kyler Murray on third and longs for with contested throws and catches. Like, we saw enough last year, in my opinion, to bring A.J. Green back for half of what he made last year, which is probably going to be the going rate elsewhere. Now, this is going to be the second year in, his, in the offense. This is going to be with DeAndre Hopkins back. This, you'd think, would be with infusion of young talent that they draft uh, for, at the wide receiver position as well. I don't think that bringing in Julio Jones and A.J. Green means that they wouldn't draft a wide receiver also. 
look at how rosters are constructed nowadays. You could you could legitimately move Rondell Moore into a Curtis Samuel role, a Debo Samuel light role, where he's taking carries out of the backfield. The dude's electric. You need to know how to use him. The way to use Julio Jones and A.J. Green is the way you use DeAndre Hopkins, just split the time between the two. Both of those guys, although they've lost steps and Julio Jones has injury concerns over the last handful of seasons, if you put those three on the field, opposing defenses need to scheme for that. The biggest issue the Cardinals are going to have with the pass rush is, yes, that they lost Chandler Jones. But even though his his work has dropped off at least sack number-wise consistently throughout the year, like it did last year at five and a half early, and they kind of disappeared, is offenses had to scheme for him. Aside from DeAndre Hopkins, there's no wide receiver on the roster right now that defenses have to scheme for. Even if they draft, you know, Drake London or a wide receiver at 23, he's still a rookie. All they have is college film on him, and it's going to be easier, you'd think, to bracket a rookie than it would be a KG veteran like A.J. Green or Julio Jones. Now, that's not an absolute statement, but if you put A.J. Green and Julio Jones along with DeAndre Hopkins and then Rondell Moore, you'd think in the slot, although older, that doesn't mean not effective. That doesn't mean not effective. You're not going to get Jamar Chase at 23 overall. They drafted him top five. They punted, the Bengals did, on protecting Joe Burrow to get his guy from college. The Cardinals had that opportunity. They passed on it with C.D. Lamb. Okay? There's something that needs to be understood. That the situation the Cardinals are in right now is because they put themselves in this situation. They don't have $50 million less in the salary cap than other teams do. They chose the Steve Kimes drafts in the first two round, the first round of the last two drafts to draft the same position and play them next to each other, something that has never been done in NFL history with guys of Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons stature. So what they need to do is fill holes that the first pick of the last two years didn't. And that's why on all of our mock drafts so far, I've had the Cardinals taking Zion Johnson, interior offensive line. You know why? Because protecting Kyler Murray at this point makes receivers look better. If you can't protect Kyler Murray and you draft Drake London or somebody else at 17, who's there? Because there's going to be four or five wide receivers taken before the Cardinals draft at 23. It doesn't matter who the wide receiver is if you can't protect Kyler Murray. This offensive line has taken leaps, leaps, since 2018. That's not that's not up for debate. But comparing things that are happening now to times when the Cardinals were not putting up more wins than losses during a season, in my opinion, is a fool's errand. Every year is different. There's no momentum year to year. Ask Dan Marino. <laughs> There's no momentum year to year. And if you're looking at, well, the Cardinals, the offensive line was great last year. That's awesome. That was last year. There's no momentum week to week in the NFL, let alone year to year. So when you're looking at making this roster better now, I think 
Julio Jones and A.J. Green would do that. Is it ideal? Absolutely not. Will it make the wide receiver room better at a team-friendly employment cost? 100%. And this is not a knock on my and it locked on NFL Thursday co-host team that he covers, Tyler Rowland of Tic Tac at Tic Tac Titans. Ryan Tannehill doesn't elevate wide receivers. So just because Julio Jones didn't have a good year last year, he was out for a lot of it. Okay. And then when Derrick Henry got hurt and then AJ Brown got hurt, like it was there was a domino effect there. Don't think that Julio Jones is not a guy that other teams covet. Yeah. Sure, he's probably asked for too much money right now, and that's probably why he's a free agent still. But don't think that a contender is not going to look at him and be like, Julio Jones. I mean, he's a year and a half removed from being a top five receiver in this league. And just because he slowed down a little bit, just because he's had injury concerns recently, that doesn't mean that you look at him and be like, oh, no, that's the shiny object syndrome. They're going to sign him two year for twenty million and fifteen million guaranteed, and then they're going to, you know, they're going to eat their words. And it was, you know, one year five mil, one hundred percent. One year eight mil, one hundred percent. I think moving forward, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. Standing still, what the Cardinals have done so far this offseason, they've taken they've taken several steps backwards. Sure. Free agency was only two weeks ago. We were saying that when free agency was three days in. We were saying that when free agency was five days in. When it was a weekend. When it was a 10 days in. Steve Kime's got a plan. Okay. Cool. What is it? What is it? I mean, we're going to talk big daddy here. What's his five-year plan? Not die? What's his, what's his five-year plan? Just chill on a beach somewhere? And look at the contract that he has. Now, obviously, that's not the case, okay? I've been seeing a lot of this. And then I'm going to move to Mock Draft Monday here in a minute. I've been seeing a lot of, oh, Steve comes punting on this year because the salary cap goes up next year. No, he's not. I am one of the biggest critics of Steve Kime, and I 100% don't think he should have a job right now. And I also will come to his defense thinking that he's just punting on this year to, you know, to piss off Kyler Murray and wait for the wait for the salary cap to go up exponentially next year. Stop it. He's a professional. He's bad at his job, in my opinion, but he's also a professional. So let's let's kind of nip the bud on that. That Steve Kyle is just punting on a full season. Do I think the urgency has kind of left him a little bit? Yeah. Why? Well, because he was he was drafting for his job in 2019. If Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray didn't work, wouldn't be a problem with him. He'd get fired. He'd get a job somewhere else. But that would put the Cardinals back years. Didn't matter. He was doing it to save his job. And he did. And now we got a contract extension. And now, what are you going to do? Fire me? His, his contract extension doesn't even start until 2023. And I know it doesn't go against the cap. I know all of those things. I'm well aware. And I feel like why are we in a situation nowadays where having a lame duck coach and a lame duck GM, meaning you don't have a contract after this season, why is that bad? Why is that bad? Perform. Perform and then get your contract. 
and I understand he went. I understand they started seven and zero. I understand they started. They went ten and two. I also understand that they were not equipped to do anything once adversity hit. And I called it what the first offensive drive of week one. False start penalties, bad penalties, had to burn a timeout. Nothing's changed. Uniform, maybe upgraded a little bit, but the infrastructure with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury hadn't changed. And we saw it towards the tail end of the season. What can change starts in a month. Who the Cardinals draft in their first three rounds is paramount for everything. I'll talk about that next. I mean, so here's the thing. Um, I've been really trying to get back into working out and because I work from home. So it's like, I don't have to. But one of the things that I've done is I've started taking athletic greens. Okay. Athletic greens is... It makes it easy for me to ingest things that'll make my body act better, work better, you know, just for my overall health. Okay. One scoop of delicious, one scoop of delicious, delicious athletic uh, greens. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, uh, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Okay. In the morning, boom. It helps with your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, everything. Okay. And it's like you put a thing in, do some water, shake, shake, shake. So good. And let me just run down some things here for you. Okay. The health facts. First of all, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, doesn't matter. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Okay. Supports better sleep quality and recovers support. Um, it helps re- recover with mental clarity, alertness. It's one of the things with, how am I going to put this? It's one of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So they're constantly making it better. They're constantly making it better. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes, athletes trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais, okay? To make it easy, well, here, let's do this right now, okay? It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune, immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash NFL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash NFL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, final segment, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh, and you can check me out on Thursdays, Locked On NFL, uh, with my co-host Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. So, Mock Draft Monday. 
All right, this one is a little bit different than uh, what we've done so far. I've been very, uh, you know, hard-headed on who I think that the Cardinals should take with the 23rd overall pick, interior offensive lineman Zion Johnson, because that will bolster the offensive line. That You know, Rodney Hudson, Zion Johnson, and uh, DJ Humphreys on the left side of the line will – elevate whoever the wide receivers are for the Arizona Cardinals because it'll give Kyler Murray more time. And yes, listen, I know that Kyler is still a work in progress. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. Okay. People need to understand that Patrick Mahomes kind of ruined the curve for everybody. Joe Burrow is 30 years old. Okay. Like maturity is not just on the football field. Being a leader of an NFL franchise isn't easy. That's why when you have a, like the word franchise quarterback, the term franchise quarterback is thrown around so much. A franchise quarterback means that's the quarterback you're going to have forever. For lack of a better phrase, that's getting a 10-year contract. Patrick Mahomes is the franchise quarterback for the Chiefs, and he probably won't end up as the franchise quarterback for the Chiefs. In this day and age of player power and player movement, there's there's no guarantee for anything, but when it comes to Kyler Murray, every year he's gotten better. Every year he's gotten better, and I think a lot of it was on his own. So the fact that he's not Drew Brees yet, stepping up into the pocket and letting it rip, that doesn't mean it's never going to happen. Okay. But if you don't protect your if you don't protect your quarterback, you're not going to win games in the NFL. You're just not. So that's why I was always Zion Johnson in the first round. I've kind of Shifted here because Zion Johnson was taken. I took George Karloftis, edge rusher out of Purdue. This is a guy that is looked at going a little bit higher than the Cardinals at 23. Now, check on check on Locked On NFL Draft. Uh, Ryan Tracy and Eric Crocker do a great job. Um, they actually did their first mock draft that I'm going to talk about tomorrow. But getting an edge rusher is imperative. Like, the Cardinals have some glaring needs on this roster. A lot of them. And in no particular order, offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver, edge rusher, corner, running back. So all of them, aside from aside from Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in the safety room. So George Karloftis, that would be a huge addition with the in the first round. Second round, Isaiah Spiller, like this dude, for some reason, isn't as known as he should be. Played in the SEC, great defenses there. Got abused by, by George in a game that I watched. But he's a three-down back, and I feel like the Cardinals need a three-down back who has three-down potential to complement James Conner so he doesn't have to be a three-down back. I know that the Cardinals gave him some money, gave him some cheese this offseason. That doesn't mean he needs to touch the ball 30 times a game. It's about the full 17-game season where you need James Conner to play every game. That's why I think Isaiah Spiller in the second round would be a steal. Now, Phi Mathis... Interior defensive lineman. When you see interior defensive lineman in Alabama in the third round, you take him, especially if it's a guy like Fi Mathis. I don't think he's going to drop that far. But with this mock draft, I've solved three things that the Arizona Cardinals desperately need. One, an edge rusher with Chandler Jones gone. Two, a running back to complement James Conner who can play three downs. And Fi Mathis, who's a big boy in the middle of the defensive line, who can hopefully be a run stuffer now that Jordan Phillips is gone, even though Jordan Phillips didn't really do his job as well as his contract would have hoped to go along with Lucky Foto and Richard Lawrence in, in rotational roles. 
Thank you to everybody who makes Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. I will talk Kyler Murray a lot tomorrow from all different angles. It's going to be a Kyler Murray show. So giddy up. Again, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now, as I mentioned, these two guys make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback uh, Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Talk to you tomorrow.